0: Welcome to
1: Ojibwe Stories, Gaganuna I'm your host, Eric Reddix. Our guests today are Leona Wakanabo and Jerry Howard. They grew up on the Leech Lake Reservation and currently work at the Nagane Immersion School in Leech Lake. They are also two of the elders working for OOG, an Ojibwe adult immersion program. I think we've had a good opportunity
2: to talk about some of the benefits of immersion schools and communities and some of the work that you ladies get to do every single day in helping not only our students, but our teachers be able to learn better about Ojibwe Muin, our language, and also doing education together today. What would you see as being challenges to the expansion of our immersion schools in our communities what are some of those hurdles that we might still need to overcome to help ensure that all of our kids can participate in education systems like this what might we need to change or build or add Ginoago and in the other than migadiwen. um that's why they
0: can't
3: when my daughter and I tried that, when her niece, when we're trying to teach up there, and I don't know why they can't come up there if they really—I guess they don't want to learn.
4: Well, even at Nigani, we tried um, parent classes. <laughs> they really wanted to learn the that way, you know, to know what their kids are coming home asking and saying. And then, like she said, you know, she didn't understand her little boy. But if they really want to learn, that we had
3: classes, and then the language table, and... For a while, they were at at Head Start. They were teaching them Mujibwe words, and my daughter is a Head Start teacher, but she doesn't know that much either. But she knows words, but she don't know how to put them together. And then now they sorta of forgot about that. I don't know if they still do or not, but I don't think they do. When
4: I work with fifth and sixth graders, I go in that with that ojibwe, you know, that books, and then they say a word, you know, just a word. So I told them I want to hear you use that word, and now they're coming up with it. Like they come and ask her sometimes mm-hmm. even, because I don't just want to hear that one. <laughs> you know, what your boy word? How are you going to use it? And there are some of them that want to learn what your boy. Not all of them want to
3: learn that, you know, especially the
4: sixth graders.
3: By the time they're in fifth or sixth grade, it's not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. You know, and that's what's to... happening. Mm-hmm. In the, in the
2: I, I was curious about that. I know we see that in some other language immersion systems of uh, going to French immersion as a student in Canada, seeing that happen with French as well. It was great until about fifth, sixth mm-hmm. grade, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it's the cool factor. I'm not sure. Something does seem to change, but until then, it's nice that we still have lots of years we can actively teach and get our students to speak language uh, I don't know. It sounds like it's a bigger question for all of us. How do we keep Ojibwe cool? How do we keep our Mm -hmm. our students learning it and wanting Uh to speak it? Um, Have you seen any things that have been successful with the bigger kids, maybe field trips or other ceremonial outings, maybe that have encouraged them to try to use language together still?
4: You know, our graduates, I know of two that are still using that language that Ojibwe language, maybe three, because yeah, I see them sometimes and they come up to me, and the ones I graduated. It
2: hmm. must be a pretty amazing feeling to hear mm-hmm.
0: Wow,
2: wonderful.
3: We're going on a field trip, but it's not anything Ojibwe <laughs> or cultured. <laughs> We're going to a play, but one of our graduates is in that in play. That play. Oh. And she's dancing in there with her uh, regalia.
2: Has the school done plays before for the community in Ojibwe?
4: We tried it. How to bear got his short tail. The teachers had a little play on it. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, in that old building. I think that was the first or second year. It went good on there, but nobody mm. ever tried it again.
3: <laughs> that must have been before. I yeah, before came. she came.
4: But, yeah, they had a little play on that um, bear got a short tail.
1: Mm, okay, that <laughs> So what do you do in a case like this with your work with Nagani, you know, if if a student says, why do we have to do that?
3: Well, we tell them that's the way it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's the way we grew up, Mm -hmm. but their kids are sure different nowadays.
2: And it's very special, the work that you have done with the Ojibwe Language Immersion School in your community and from what we understand, you were with that school from its beginning, if I'm not mistaken. Well, she
4: was. I was from the beginning.
2: And very special to know that our fluent speakers, our elders, can contribute so strongly to the maintenance of the language, the integrity of the language, the inspiration to students to speak Ojibwe. Can you tell us about the work that you have each done in Ojibwe language uh, immersion education? It's a very special and important part of our communities, and we're always looking to encourage people to be a part of that. So any inspiration or advice you can just give to the general community about being a part of immersion education I think would be really important for everyone to hear.
4: Well, Well, what we do is we teach the teachers, you know, the Ojibwe, and we just interrupt while he's
3: teaching or her we were teaching the teachers we help the teachers see the pronunciation correctly you can go off and say something the wrong way and it will mean the wrong you know it doesn't mean what they're trying to say so we have to correct them but then we speak which way to the children too and I think that's important because none of my kids know Ojibwe. Some of them understand, but not all of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: My grandkids.
2: So, for the students at the immersion school where you have done so much work, uh, you mm-hmm. just speak Ojibwe to mm-hmm. them. Oh, that's
3: fantastic. When, you know the real little. Mm. Mm-hmm. We didn't teach our kids and uh, we did the wrong thing. <laughs> so the only time we spoke Ojibwe is when we didn't want them to understand what we were
0: saying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but what an amazing opportunity you have now, though, to just use that mm-hmm. gift of your language mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. return it to so many children from so many families. So mm-hmm. That's uh, an amazing thing mm-hmm. that you're doing.
4: Well, we're even uh, teaching uh, college students now here in Cloquet. Come on some weekends, and then summertime we come in a, a week at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, we go all
3: over. Mm-hmm. Wherever they call
4: us, we go <laughs> teach. <laughs> and
3: they started a language table at tribal college, Cassley.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once a month we'll be going there.
2: Now, we've heard about language tables as a part of language revitalization Mm -hmm. today. Can you tell us a little bit about the kinds of activities or how a language table works well to help the community use and revitalize its local language?
3: Well, we have all these students or whoever wants wants to learn, learn. Mm -hmm. and they come there and they ask questions and how to say this and how to say that. And sometimes we... Get stuck, <laughs> we don't know what to say, so we don't know everything, but we try So when we go to Fond du Lac when uh, Brendan Brandon Fairbanks is there, he's the one that gets us stuck, <laughs> he knows more than we do.
4: Mr to go don't you boy speaker
2: for the language tables now. From what we, I'm assuming the ones that maybe you've been to, is that where they do share food and other conversation oh, yeah. around mm-hmm. food? Mm-hmm. So say someone came to a language table, and assuming they come with their their plate, um, maybe some of their utensils, and if, if you ladies are there and they're asking you something, do you request they ask you for food in Ojibwe, or is, is that one of the ideas just to get people talking about life activities?
3: Well, this one is different we eat and they supply the food we don't i suppose some of them do but we get a good meal and then we all sit around and and talk we tell them to ask questions you know Mhm.
2: so it sounds like a lot of the the eating together or the we do pandewin is just social visiting mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. okay I know some language tables that we've seen in different places. Mm-hmm. If you wanted something, you'd have to ask in Ojibwe. And if you didn't ask in Ojibwe, So if you weren't able to ask, you'd have to go hungry or ask someone to help you. So um, I know one table I've been to, if, say, someone wants the bread, they'd have to know how to say, you know, I know. So
0: have
2: to just speak enough Ojibwe just to get the food. But it just an interesting way to get people to talk mm-hmm. together, especially when you're hungry. That's very helpful.
3: That's a different <laughs> kind we go to. But, you know, they pass the tobacco and then eat and then somebody talks for the food. That's how they do it over there.
1: This is Ojibwe Stories Gaganunida, a program of Ojibwe culture. Our guests today are Leona Wakanabo and Jerry Howard. They grew up on the Leech Lake Reservation and currently work at the Nagane Immersion School in Leech Lake. They are also two of the elders working for OOG, an Ojibwe adult immersion program.
2: Certainly you ladies are involved with lots of different language restoration methods at the present from language tables to circles for college students to helping teachers learn the kinds of language that makes sense to use in a classroom. When you think about the different things that are being done today in Ojibwe country and Indian country to bring back Indian languages, um, and maybe even specifically the topic of immersion schools, because they're such an important part of our communities, we're wondering if you could just share with us the things that you value you know most about having an immersion school in your community and perhaps being able to talk about some of the good things that you've seen come of that make <laughs>
3: We were around uh, older people all the time when we were growing up. There was lots of things. That's why when when you when we're in the man, we do kawagwa we gone, Mwen ta anrich My husband died ki wchwaye m ka i mean mi ranwaye ka ban ki ki
4: ka and be ka gwech mekanik wek ki Every day I think we teach at
3: Ujibwe somewhere, wherever you go. It's a good feeling, you know, mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when they come and ask come you. come and ask you how to say this and how to say that. When I go to a place where we go, Ujibwe, <laughs> when I get home and the TV is on, <laughs> and they go to Ujibwe, <laughs> and they talk what? <laughs> on, on TV? I still hear that when I get home. Wow. It's so like the TV is
0: speaking. I'm <laughs> <way. laughs>
4: on the radio, mm-hmm. Eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so you're so used to hearing that, which we going to go to Oog. I'm going to go to i going to go to going to go to The one said, wouldn't
3: speak. English, <laughs> that's who pays <speaks> me. Yeah. <laughs> and where are the teachers, and we're the ones speaking
4: English. <laughs> we just catch ourselves.
1: So, when you go to a place like Oog, is it nice just to hear? How do you feel when you hear, like, just Ojibwe and, and, and you know, younger people, especially, mm-hmm. doing
0: that?
3: I'm so proud of them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they speak Ojibwe. I was surprised the first time I went, how much they know, and that was a good feeling because there there is nothing like this at home. My daughter tried to help one of the teachers from Deer River uh, have one of those language tables, and nobody came.
4: Well, we did well. I was in that language table. Nobody came. And then when we
3: go to the that oak, we just hate to leave.
4: We just <laughs> want to stay.
3: <laughs> and then the first time I went, I was shy or bashful. I didn't hardly know anybody. Now I know them, and they're just like friends, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a good feeling.
2: It's nice to hear how inspiring that is. For you two to be able to hear younger Ojibwe Mm -hmm. Anishinaabe people Mm -hmm. trying to bring back language, use language, Mm -hmm. practice language, and um, just reflecting back a little bit to your work with some of our children in language immersion education. Now, that's a pretty special sound, too, getting Mm -hmm. to hear young children laugh Mm -hmm. and play and share in Ojibwe. Now, at the school, you worked with many ages, too, right, Mm -hmm. when you were with
3: Nigani? Mm -hmm. Well, right now I'm in K through 2nd. I mean, years before I was in kindergarten, in 3rd and 4th. I worked with uh, kindergarten for almost a year
4: by myself, because we didn't have a teacher, so I did Mm. that. And I
3: would rather work with little ones, because they catch on right away. Well, there was one little girl there that, when she first came, she was in kindergarten. And all she ever said was mbakade, mbakade, <laughs> 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 when she first came. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I
4: work with uh, three and four, and then five and six, cause I'm one room and then I go
3: to another. We have four rooms, but then we only have three teachers now. Mm-hmm. Usually we only have K first and second. Uh, no, K alone, mm-hmm. and then first K and alone
4: at one time but it's good to hear them little ones speak, Mm -hmm. you know. They might not speak in sentences yet, the Mm -hmm. little ones that she was, but they really understand her little Mm -hmm. ones. I go sit in there once in a while.
1: When you go to work with smaller children in immersion settings, is there a different approach that you guys have to do versus your work at Oog where you're working with adults? Is there certain things the kids are better at than adult learners or vice versa?
3: Well, they have to, it's it's school, you know, mm-hmm. for them, yeah. the little ones. They have to learn math and mm-hmm. all that, reading. I have a great grandson there, and he speaks pretty good. He's in first grade. But, you know, at Oog, they don't have to learn math and,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and all that. So it's a little harder with the kids, but it pays off, you know, and... A lot of times I get tired of going to work every day, and and then when I get there, I'm glad I went. (laughs) You know, just listening to those kids talk. Because when they ask to go to the bathroom, they have to speak Ojibwe in order for them to go. (laughs) (laughs) Or drink water or anything. They have to speak Ojibwe.
1: Is it challenging sometimes when you have to teach more Western subjects in, like, math and certain science things? Is it difficult sometimes as far as, you know, coming up with the vocabulary Mm -hmm. on the spot to Mm -hmm. get across what you guys are trying to do? Mm
3: -hmm. It is. But we have to come up with something. We try. (laughs) Sometimes we get stuck and we have to think. And then when we go home, we think about, we
4: should have said this, you know.
0: Because
4: <laughs> we talk about it, you know, what we
3: got stuck on. Whenever we're writing together, we talk about what we do.
4: And then we're always talking about, you know, what we're doing. And some people think we're just gossiping, you know, when we're <laughs> talking and talking and we're coming up with words.
1: So you have to tell them, it's not about you. Yeah,
3: no, we well, had one of them. <laughs> We had one parent there that that told us to quit gossiping. We Mm -hmm. were sitting in the kitchen at the old Nigani, Mm and we were sitting in the kitchen, and she walked by, and she said, all the elders do is gossip.
4: (laughs) 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 But we're coming up with, you know, words that we had to write down, what the teachers wanted to know that we didn't come up with sometimes we can't just, you know, that
3: quick. When I first went to work, I didn't know how to write, but now I can. So I'm learning, too. I'm not just there teaching. I've learned a lot, too.
4: Well, I used to just spell them the way you say them, you know, but not just double vowel or whatever there. (laughs) I still spell just the way it sounds.
1: (laughs) This is Ojibwe Stories Gaganundaneda, a program of Ojibwe culture. Our guests today are Leona Wakanabo and Jerry Howard. They grew up on the Leech Lake Reservation and currently work at the Nigane Immersion School in Leech Lake. They are also two of the elders working for OOG, an Ojibwe Adult Immersion Program. One of the things you ladies
2: talked about was in the course of um, immersion school day, there's a number of things basic language items that children have to use to be able to do certain things and one of those was to maybe say I'd like to go to the washroom, I'd like to get a drink and you know, many of our our listenership is very interested in learning Ojibwe or or learning some basic language that could be used Is there any simple commands or expressions that you ladies hear in a day in Ojibwe that you could share with the community?
3: Well for one can I go to the bathroom? amina. That's
4: what they say. And da nibe Well, there's different ways in da na din The older
3: ones eat the geeka. Our teacher has water bottles, and they can fill them up, and they say. <laughs>
2: Wonderful. Wow. How about requesting to go outside? I imagine that could be a popular question in mm-hmm. some immersion settings.
3: Then, uh, my daughter asked me yesterday, she said, what does Evan say when he says, I want to go outside? He said something to me, she said. But I don't know what he <laughs> said. <laughs> he would say I said to her. And she, oh, that's what he's saying. <laughs> but they have to go to the other school to go eat. So Shall I get that teacher to get that weasen cinnamon. Or go eat.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then at the end of the day, they look at the clock and they say, We need to go home.
2: Time to go home. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. They really watch the clock. Okay, need to get them third
0: and fourth. <laughs>
2: So one of the things you ladies notice with the immersion schools is the children are able to comprehend quite a lot of Ojibwe and really follow along with teachers. At what point are you noticing where children are able to more productively speak Ojibwe, to share maybe a few more words and sentences, or able to put that together?
3: Probably first or second, second we have one second grader, and he really knows everything.
0: <laughs>
3: he can he puts sentences together, and the teacher uses him as an example all the time. He's pretty good
2: mm-hmm. Are there any examples of maybe student language from the classroom that you could share with us ways that you see the kids using the language
3: when they get there in the morning the hm mm-hmm what? they have to go look
4: at the window see what smoke, Third and
3: fourth graders, they have a calendar, every day of mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. I'm to the house. What do i Me in the morning's circle time. i to go the Why do you think I did in the either. I was I was in I I in the either. Couldn't remember. He thought of it himself. That's what they talk about in the mornings.
2: Just seems like such a nice way for our children to be able to engage in language Mm -hmm. with each other, talking about weather, things they're seeing outside, things they'll do for the day. That nice handshake greeting, and then just even thinking about uh, ways that, as Anishinaabe, we interact with each other, remembering our clans. Mm -hmm. And your grandson himself, just uh, cueing that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, nice to know that's so actively on their minds, um, and they're thinking about that all of the time. So I think the immersion schools are doing a tremendous amount of good to
3: yes, they
0: are.
2: keep ourselves mm-hmm. thinking about ourselves <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> amongst the math mm-hmm. and the science and the other mm-hmm. topics that could almost be distractive. But it sounds like the immersion schools are really Doing a good job of being inclusive of our culture. And
3: mm-hmm. But when they're doing math, it's all in Ojibwe, you know, mm-hmm. when they're counting and adding and basic, minua basic, me minik niche, me kitawa we talk subtract, niche me givee basic, me basic.
2: An interesting concept, mm-hmm. actually, you know, mm-hmm. to, to give mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to take away or steal or remove. Mm-hmm. Just to, it's
1: a very Anishinaabe way to think about math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. I want to thank our guests Leona Wakanabo and Jerry Howard for sharing their stories with us. This is Ojibwe Stories Gaganoonada I'm your host, Eric Reddix. To listen again to past episodes of the program online, visit the programs page at KUMD.org and click on Ojibwe Stories. Funding for Ojibwe Stories Gaganoonada is provided in part by the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council and by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Ojibwe Stories Gaganoonida is produced by KUMD and the Tribal Sovereignty Institute at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Home of the Tribal Administration and Governance Program, an online bachelor's degree program where students learn about leadership, law, sovereignty, and management from a tribal perspective. Students entering the program with an associate degree can complete all of their coursework online in two years, currently accepting applications. More information can be found at d.umn.edu.